Welcome to another episode of the Practice X Factor. It's great to be with you again, and we're always bringing you content that can help you 2X, 3X, or even 10X your practice. And today we have a great guest on, someone who I've actually never spoken with in person, but I've known for several years uh, through email now, and that's Mark Frias. So welcome to the show today, Mark. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and, and so Mark's a uh, registered dental hygienist, but the way I got to know Mark is he invented something pretty cool called the Kona adapter that we'll talk about in just a minute, and uh, I, I don't even know how I ran into it some years back, but um, you know, since then we've um, exchanged a few emails here and there, and I've been a customer, Mark, and, uh, and love the product, so um, that's kind of how we got to here, where we're at. Uh, a little about Mark. Um, I mentioned he's a dental hygienist. He's also a cyclist. Uh, he's a writer. He does uh, dental copywriting and advertising writing. Um, he's a cyclist, father, husband, animal lover, vegan, libertarian, and a U.S. Air Force veteran, which is really cool. And uh, that's a little bit about Mark. Uh, what else would you like our listeners to know about you? I think that pretty much covers it, I think. Cool. All right. Well, that's all all great things. And you, uh, when we were talking just before the show, you mentioned it's been, uh, what, a year or two since you've uh, formally um, retired from practicing dental hygiene. Is that correct? That's correct. It was uh, mid-March. So it's going to be you know, close to a year. Yeah. So what was that? What was that first day like when you were like, man, I've been been in the trenches for uh, what was it, 13 years of practice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you woke up the next day and you weren't seeing patients anymore. What was that like? Well, when at first when we first uh, stopped seeing patients because of COVID, obviously, um, my plan was to go back. So for a, you know a good two months, I was ready to go back. Um, but then the sales of the cone adapter really took off because of the, the whole aerosol thing and cool. other products, you know, isolate and dry shield and all those kind of products really took off. And I, you know, had a had opportunity to, you know, stop clinical because it was something that I was thinking about for a couple of years. And I just decided around May to not go back. And that's when I gave my two weeks notice. And my office went back to work like a month later after that. So, and, and that's yeah. I mean, it was it was a good feeling. Uh, you know, after doing it for 13 years, I enjoyed being a hygienist, but I wanted to do other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice you had a. Uh, it's nice you had the Kona adapter um, going so well because you know. Uh, Fortunately, hygienists probably get, got hit the hardest of anybody in the industry because of COVID because, you know, offices that offer emergency dental care or do root canals or wisdom teeth, those kind of things, that, that kept marching along for the most part throughout most of mm-hmm. COVID. But depending on the state or county or country, you you know, the whoever's listening to this may be in you know, you may have had to curb hygiene for some while. I know we had to slow down our hygiene at least 90%, if not 100%, for six weeks or so from March to April. Um, so it's great you had that as an option. And I, it's it's interesting for me, different 
you know, professionals and people in the dental industry I've talked with since then and spoken with, it's, you know, how it's changed. I mean, people who had been thinking about, you know, downsizing did it. People who had been thinking about adding or growing their practice did that. People who thought about retiring did that. People who had been thinking about dropping uh, some PPO insurance plans they weren't particularly happy with it, you know, happy with did it. I think sometimes we, you know, can find some uh, positives in these in these kind of doom and gloom events that can happen in life where it actually, you know, kind of forces us to take a step, something we were wanting to do anyway. And it sounds like that's how it kind of worked out for you. You were kicking the idea around, but that sort of uh, helped speed up the process for you. Yeah, I think I think the time we had off, I mean, everybody had off, uh, gave people the time to think about things. And I've heard, you know, quite a few, I mean, I don't know how many or percentage-wise, but a lot of hygienists decided, you know, not to go back, you know, retire early or do something else or whatever the reason. Um, so I'm, I'm hearing, you know, dentists are having, well, you know, some places at least having trouble getting hygienists right now. Um, so I don't know how many actually decided not to go back at all. But. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because we, we've actually been looking for another uh, hygienist in my office, and it seems like, um, you know, the applicant pool has been smaller now that you said that. You know, mm-hmm. there's less available. Uh, the irony is, you know, our hygiene, demand for hygiene is, is stronger, stronger than ever. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of attribute it to maybe a combination of um, pent-up demand plus uh, people being more aware of their overall health and wanting to, you know, protect their immune system and, and be aware of these kind of things. You know, there's still some people who aren't comfortable really leaving the house yet or coming to the dentist, but for the most part, we find people are uh, – hygiene's really going strong in my office right now, which is which is great. Um, so why do you think that is? I mean, I, I've heard – Maybe you've heard the average hygienist uh, retires after seven years. What, what do you think um, causes that, or why do you think that is that that maybe it, some hygienists just decided to retire right now that have been in the field for a while? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, a, a big part of it is just some hygienists and people in general are just afraid to go back because of COVID. You know, the fear of mm-hmm. of getting you know getting it. Um, for me personally, I was. I was ready to go back two weeks after, <laughs> well, and right. I still had the intention of going back. So for me, for me personally, it wasn't a, a question of not wanting to to deal with COVID or or with all the new PPE and all that stuff. It wasn't that so much. It was you know for the it was something I was just thinking about, and I just had the opportunity to to get out. Uh, you know, that makes sense. Well, and you yeah. mentioned earlier when we were talking uh, before the show that you know, the demand for your cone adapter has gone up, which we'll get into in just a second here, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with awareness of aerosols and things like that. But tell, tell listeners a little bit about the cone adapter, how you kind of found, you know, how you kind of founded this product you developed and um, how you've had it for, how many years have you been uh, making this now for the cone adapter? Ten years. Ten years. So ten years ago, tell us yeah. kind of how you got into this and and what yeah. uh, maybe changes or growth you've seen since then with it. Mm-hmm. So going back to all the way to 2005, that was my my first year in hygiene school. 
I was on Dentaltown a lot, and I came I came across the Isolite system back then. And back then, they only had the Isolite system. They didn't have the Isovac or the um, Isodry, which is a more affordable versions of it. And so throughout hygiene school, I was like, oh, this thing is pretty cool, you know, what it does with, uh, you know, retraction and isolation and suction and all that stuff. Um, so fast forward to 2008, I was at my, my main full-time employer, and I was working out of, now it was, a, it was 70% pedo, 30% uh, adult, and it was about 70 about 70% Medicaid uh, patients. So, so it's one of those places where it was uh, high flow and overbooking and all that kind of stuff. So I was working out of 10 chairs at a time. Wow. And, uh, doing a lot, and doing a lot of sealants. So to me, like, oh, you know, doing sealants with the ice light is perfect. So yeah. I ended up buying my own. And back then the system cost 1400 And my thought was, my employer would be excited about this thing and they would buy more of them. But that, you know, long story short, that didn't happen. Um, so I had the one, but I can only use it out of one out of the 10 chairs. So, so after a while, it was like, well, most of the time I can't even use this thing. So, so I ended up just putting it away and I ended up selling it to my personal dentist. He bought it from me. And then fast forward to 2010, one day I was just playing around trying to create something just to connect the isolate mouthpieces to the HVE valve. And I, and I came up with this contraption with library ejectors and all kinds of stuff, and I used that for a few months. Then I eventually, you know, found somebody that could make one for me, make something for me that I designed. And at first I was just doing it for myself. I just wanted to make something for me to use that I could... That, it, that would be portable from chair to chair. And, but then I, I shared it on, on Dentaltown, and then people wanted to buy it, and so I ended up ordering a bunch of them. Yeah. That's cool. It's like, uh, you know, necessity, the mother of all invention right there, something you needed. Yeah. And, and, you know, the scenario you laid out, I can relate to both sides because, you know, as as a business owner, you you have to watch your expenses, and so things that you may not see as necessary, sometimes you have to get rid of. But then at the same time, you go, man, if this if this can save you from hiring a, an extra assistant, mm-hmm. um, or make you more productive, even better by yourself, you know what a great yeah. tool to use because it's uh, you know the isolate the the isolate can never get sick. It can't uh, right. come in late to work. It can't get COVID, any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the self-checkout that are more popular in grocery stores now, you know. As consumers, we all think, oh, it's great, it's awesome. But we know mm-hmm. that the, the companies are actually looking at it as it's actually saving them payroll costs significantly sometimes because mm-hmm. that machine, even though it needs maintenance, it it uh, it doesn't have FICA and Social Security taxes, and right. it doesn't need yeah. medical insurance and all this other stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's great, and we've used it. You know, we've been using it for years, and I was in the same boat. You know, when I first when I was in dental school, we used the Isolite. I maybe used it a couple times, and it was pretty new. You know, this was 2006 when I was in dental school, and I remember, uh, you know, just a couple times hearing about it. We didn't really have a lot of chance to use it. We would use rubber dams in dental school. Um, but 
we didn't have an assistant usually, you know. And now, mm-hmm. knowing what I'm now, I'm like, why didn't, why didn't the dental school have cone adapters in all the rooms, you know, because it's like a assistant, you know, without having to have an assistant there. And uh, we, we, you know, I was looking because it was like, seemed like it was like $1,700 or something. And you mentioned something around that range too to get the isolate. Mm-hmm. I was right out of school, you know, and the first month in practice, I mean, man, we only brought in a couple thousand dollars total. So, um, you know, I yeah. took over for a doc who was nearly retired, just working a couple days a week just just for fun. So I was really sold on the technology, but I thought, man, what if I don't like it or we don't use it? I, I hadn't used it at all other than just a couple quick chances in dental school. So then I came across what you had, and it was like slam dunk, you know, and I remember calling to order the mouthpieces, and they're like, uh, which which system do you have? We don't see you on record, you know. Right. I remember them right, kind of right. bringing that up, and you probably had a, a thousand emails about that. But um, right. but man, we we got those, and we've used both the both the isolite and uh, and the dry shield, and man, like you said, something like a sealant. If you're doing that by yourself, I really think that should be the standard of care for sealants because I've seen assistants try to do sealants by themselves and the kid's tongue's moving around and they're just pooling up saliva back there. There's no way, you know, damp, damp's probably okay with some of the newer bonding agents, but certainly not pooling saliva. But with the isolate, it really, it really takes care of that. And, uh, and sounds like you, uh, hit the nail on the head. So, um, what's it been like, you know, as far as, um, you know, patents and those kind of things, I mean, uh, are, are, these companies that uh, you use their products, I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to name names or anything if you don't want, but, mm-hmm. you know, do, do they do they play fair as far as, hey, it's a free, free enterprise, you can, you know, as long as you're not stealing somebody's technology, you can, you're welcome to use our mouthpieces, or did that take some time to kind of build some bridges to be able to, to work with, work with companies that are making the different mouthpieces? Yeah, Isolite and Dry Shield have been pretty well. Dry Shield has been very supportive. Uh, we've actually worked together on things, and um, cool. Isolite's been pretty good. You know, like like you mentioned at first, they were they were all they were asking about you know potential customers if they had a system, and so they were being a little strict at first, but I think over time they they've been more open about it. Uh, yeah, because it helps them, sell the, a lot, helps them sell a lot more mouthpieces, right, which is what they want. Yeah. I've talked to the CEO of Isolite a couple of times. We had a conversation. Um, so, yeah, they're all, they're all good people. Like they, cool. Both products are very, very good. And um, I would argue that even if you don't actually decrease your payroll, just having your assistant, like, outside the mouth, not suctioning for you and doing other things, it's going to make yeah. you more efficient, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, we, we, we check our patients out chairside in my office. So just even having um, the ability to, uh, you know, have the assistant be uh, typing up clinical notes as I'm dictating or getting the patient checked out in the software so that they can get their payment for the day or uh, pulling up the calendar mm-hmm. for the next appointment, those kind of things. That's a game changer when they can do that at times when literally all they would be doing is suctioning. Now they, I, I think that you're right. You could reallocate your, your human, your human capital, your most important investment in your practice into 
doing something that requires uh, more brain power, more human or patient interaction. And of course, the quality too. Like for me personally, as a hygienist, I did a lot of sealants in my last mm-hmm. office over those 13 years. And um, I was kind of the oddball guy that I had the isolate or dry shield. I micro etched. I did. I bought my own sealant material because I didn't like what they had, <laughs> you know. So I was like uh, kind of over the top with it. But cool, man. Yeah. Well, that's that's the kind of hygienist I would want putting sealants in my mouth, you know. Yeah. Because those are the ones that aren't going to leak and get decay underneath and yeah. turn into a root canal later. Yeah. So I was a big fan of the the ultra dent sealant was pretty good. That's what I my favorite one. I yeah. tried many sealant materials over the years, and that was uh, definitely the best. Yeah, I agree. We we use that one too, and you know we don't get any kind of endorsement or anything from ultra or any kind of paid support or anything. But I agree that's a really good uh, really good um, sealant material. The ultra and we we've been really happy with that one too so um so, so tell us you're also do copywriting and advertising now that you're out of clinical dentistry maybe that maybe that makes it easier to retire maybe it makes it harder i don't know but you're still very tied in with the uh the dental industry as a whole because you're making products mm-hmm. that we use every day and um you're also uh working on the advertising. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing there and kind of how you got into mm-hmm. to doing marketing and copywriting. Yeah, over the years, I've always blogged, and that was kind of my main way of advertising. I blog, I did uh, YouTube videos just to, you know, demonstrate things. I used to uh, do product reviews of any kind of suction product just to drive traffic that way. And um, so I, I did a lot of writing in the past. And it was something that I thought of for a long time, actually copywriting for, you know, to sell things besides my own product for other companies. Um, so during that time off, during COVID, I, I took a copywriting course um, and I just shared my story on, on, a, on a Facebook group. And my first customer was my personal dentist. I, I blogged for him once a month. And then I just, ended up getting uh, inquiries over the next few months. And the company that I'm currently working with, um, you know, they contacted me and, and now I'm on a, you know, some pretty, you know, pretty big projects that I, that's keeping me pretty busy. So it kind of happened quicker than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, what, uh, what have we found? I mean, do we have any science or uh, any kind of, tips or hints towards, you know, how much aerosols may be evacuated by using something like a dry shield or isolate? Because I, I remember, uh, you know, when, when COVID first came out, it was like everybody was so worried about aerosols, you know, and it, it seems like maybe that's died off a little bit or maybe just at least whatever I'm reading and, and watching, it's not quite as big of an issue, but you know, aerosols have always been an issue in dentistry, truthfully. I mean, I remember seeing that video. You may have seen it. It's like called If Saliva Were Red, and it's this old, yeah. like, 1970s or 1980s. I think it might be like a military training video or something, but you see this guy in one of those old white smock-looking clinic jackets, and he's touching the paper chart and everything, and there's fingerprints all over, and they're red, and pretty soon the whole operatory is covered in a big mess of blood. And, um, 
you know, so obviously aerosols have always been an issue, but do we have any kind of science yet that's uh, pointing us in the direction to know if uh, something like a mouthpiece, you know, what, mm-hmm. what kind of aerosols or how much may be, may be blocked by that? Yeah, from the, from the science that I've looked at, um, when they talk about HVE, they'll say it's 90%, but that's like an HVE tip, like right on the tooth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be right Isolite all the time, has, like literally right on top right. of the tooth. Yeah. So Isolite has uh, one. We have two studies that they share, and one of them does show ninety percent also with the Isolite. But I think that's mostly on the posterior teeth because I know for me personally, when I used to air polish a lot, I would use the Isolite or Dry Shield, and I would have a, a wide HVE tip. I actually have a video of, of me doing it, and that made a big difference. So I would have the isolate in place or dry shell, and then I have a second HVE valve with a wide HVE tip, and I would just follow my air polisher with that, and that would get yeah, probably most of it, but not, not all of it, obviously. But Yeah, give it, give it the that, double whammy. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe now, you know, with would... The, with, Oh, I was going to say, if you wouldn't mind, uh, email us that uh, video, a link to that okay. video, and we'll, cl- we'll include it in the show notes for this podcast. So if uh, those who are listening that want to see how that's done, they can check it out. Mm-hmm. And I think I have links in the video or below the video with the, uh, where they can buy that, that wide HV tip, because people ask me about that a lot. Cool. I think it's yeah, on there. That'd be, yeah, that'd be great. Well, I mean, I also yeah. think, too, like, we do a lot of uh, nitrous oxide in my office, and, you know, the, the newer systems all have scavengers built in, but it also acts like an extra scavenger because if you're doing, you know, if you're sedating a patient or you have nitrous on them and you're in there for an hour, two hours, three hours, um, and there's laughing gas going on and off um, during that time, you know, you have that ice light running, it's a nice extra scavenger so that everybody in the room's not breathing the exhaled nitrous oxide as well. Yeah, I know, like, during the COVID thing last year, it seemed like there was a big rush on those uh, extra oral vacuum machines, mm-hmm. whatever they're called. I don't know how good they are. I have no idea, but it seems like they would help quite a bit. But Yeah, I, me- I, I remember. Know. I mean, th- those just all of a sudden started showing up, and I've still seen them in the journals, you know. And, um, you know, I-, I would love to know kind of, you know, who's using those and how, because my first initial thought was, man, I don't want to put something else in between me and the patient because there's already enough in the way. And, right. uh, exactly. you know, I, I like to be able to really get in there and get it done. And I think the the last uh, report I saw from the American Dental Association, which was a month or two ago, they said less than 1% of dentists had test positive for COVID. So I think that speaks mm-hmm. highly to our profession that, you know, good, good, uh, infection control protocols and barriers and wearing masks and gloves and everything that we were doing anyway. I, I yeah. joke with my patients that COVID hasn't felt that different to me as far as at work because I was used to wearing a mask every day and was used to wearing gloves and still been coming in the office. It's not really a work from home job. So um, other than mm-hmm. other than talking with patients um, outside the outside the operatory, I have a mask on, which is a little different, but it took me a while yeah. even like stopping at Costco or 
grabbing something at the store for my wife on the way home from work, I'd forget my mask half the time and have to run back out to the car because um, I, I was used to wearing it during the day anyway, but uh, I would kind of forget, you know, at first going into mm-hmm. stores. So luckily, luckily I never got thrown out of Costco, but... Um, I think I think the dental field has always been pretty impressive with their, you know, infection control mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, yeah. compared to even just just you know medical people in general. Obviously, not if you're like in surgery or something, but right. You know, if you want your your doctor's office, you know, they're I mean, they're not like as strict as we are, like over the years. Right. That's my experience, at least, but. Well, and it would be interesting to know, too, you know, I mean, you would hope people in healthcare professions generally, um, because we know a lot about it, that we're also taking good care of ourselves, because I'm a big believer that, you know, a good defense is sometimes the best offense. And if we're exercising and eating right and drinking lots of water, and keeping our teeth brushed and floss, all those things that keep our bodies healthy, we can be more resilient even when we do catch a catch a bad bug and maybe maybe some of us too i remember in a uh, in dental school i it seemed like my second or third year i was in the student clinic all the time catching colds like just had colds every other month for like six or eight months and i remember the the nurse practitioner was like well you're gonna have the immune system of an ox here in six or eight months because you're around um you know a lot of high-risk populations um in some of the you know the more um underserved areas and, and populations we'd serve in dental school and then also just being right in people's face during cold and flu season and maybe that's helped um you know build some antibodies up too i don't know because uh because yeah. the training we've all had but um but yeah well, well this has been great uh you know like i said for all our listeners is um you know this is my first time speaking with mark over the phone but uh if you're not using an isolate or dry shield and, and something like the kona adapter to um, to help make you more productive, save you time, and and especially, I mean, I hate re-cementing crowns. I hate uh, rebonding a filling. And fortunately, we don't have a ton of those. But even one a day to me just feels like way too much. Um, you know, on those days where you have, you know, one or two come in um, that maybe you did or didn't do in your own office. But having something like this, I'm just I feel so much better about the bond to the tooth and decontaminating the surface before we before we hear something to it. So I can't say enough about it, but um, you mentioned the video link that we'll, we'll put in the show notes, but uh, how else can listeners find you if they want to learn more about what you're doing or writing about or if they want to mm-hmm. purchase uh, the Kona adapter? Yeah, for the Kona adapter, they can go to KonaAdapter.com. Uh, for my personal blog, it's MarkRDH.com. And I just blog about dentistry in, in general. Um, sometimes I'll talk about uh, cycling or something, but but I would say 90% is uh, dental stuff. Cool. Awesome. I like it. you got some real personality in there mm-hmm. with, uh, with with cycling. It means you're a real person. I, I, I love cycling, too. It's good. love getting out. It's a good way to clear clear your mind, too. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and if, you know, if we didn't make it clear enough with the Kona adapter, it takes your existing HVE and it's just a small little simple piece that allows you to connect mm-hmm. a, a mouthpiece like a dry shield or an isolate to it so you can use some of these 
some of this newer technology, but you don't have to invest in uh, all the equipment and everything that, that they recommend you can do it for, you know, literally pennies on the dollar of what it may take to get the, get the full system. But you get, in my opinion, just as good of a result if you're using your own um, loop light. Um, for me, I have plenty of illumination with that. So, um, so with that, Thanks again, Mark. Uh, wonderful to have you on, and hopefully we can talk again in the future. So do um, you have any, any final thoughts or anything else you want to add? I just wanted to uh, mention that I am currently working on a new version of the cone adapter. So um, it's going to be more compact, and it's going to go directly into the HVE valve. And that's how the original one actually was, and I added the tubing to make it lighter and stuff. But some people prefer just the one that goes right into the HVE valve, so you just slap it in, and that's it. So that, that's going to come. The dry shield version will be probably available in a few weeks, and then the isolate version will, will be available probably in a couple of months. So. Very cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll watch for it and uh, send us the info when it comes out. I'd love to take a look at it. Will do. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. You too.